Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Psalm 145 verse 1 says, David's psalm of praise. It says, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. Let's skip down to verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry, and he will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. I want to preach to you tonight, I will and he will. Amen? I will and he will. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time in your presence, God. We are honored that you would come into this house in your sovereignty, Lord. That you would come in and inhabit the praises of mere people with all of our baggage, with all of our dysfunction, God. With all of the weight and the things that we've walked in with, God, that you would choose to come in and rest upon the words of praise that we raise to you. And God, we ask you, Lord, for that to continue, for you to continue to inhabit this place over these next few minutes, Lord, as we hear your word, as you call on us to do and to act so that you can do and act for us, Lord. We thank you for it, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. I love the lyric of that song that we were just singing. It said, with everything I've got, my heart will will sing praise, right? I just blanked out at the end of it. With everything I've got, my heart will sing how I love you. There it is. I had to sing it to myself. With everything I've got, my heart will sing how I love you. My heart will. There are times in life where we must make a determination within ourselves that we will. Amen? There are times in life where we must, in our ability, in, in the, with the Holy Spirit that's within us, with the, the gifts that God has put within us in the midst of an unimaginable season, we have to make a determination within ourselves to say that I will. I will praise. I will extol. I will bless thee. Every day will I bless thee. I want you to understand that this psalm that was written here is, is one of the last psalms of David. It's one of the last psalms in the whole book, and really it's the beginning of the last portion of, of psalms, and it's, it's the beginning of a section called the, the Praise Psalms. And David wrote this, his 19th psalm, and he wrote it most likely at the end of his life or near the end of his life. And we must consider its words because we have to consider the experience of the author that informed the words, Okay. We have to consider what all David went through, what all he had seen and heard and experienced to this point, all the great blessing that he had seen, all the great victories he had won, the immense loss that he had experienced. 
all of the struggle, all the battle, because we ourselves go through that same cycle of victory and loss. Amen. We ourselves find ourselves in the middle of a season that we never thought we'd be in. Amen. We suffer from things we never thought we'd suffer from. We have no idea why it came. We can't see God in the midst of it, yet we know that he's in the midst of it. Amen. And we find ourselves in these places. And all of our experience to this point informs what we do. And most often what normal, regular people do is they get overwhelmed by their senses. They get overwhelmed by what they see and hear and feel, by what they're experiencing in here and out here. And it becomes this full experience, and it, be, it is designed to overwhelm and to separate us from what God is trying to do. Make no mistake. It is designed. Do you think that Goliath came to just make the, the children of Israel not feel good about themselves? Do you think that Goliath's mission was to come and just make them feel bad? Do you think his mission was to come and make them look in the mirror and say, wow, well, I'm not as pretty as I thought I was? Do you think that's what the, the objective of their enemy was? Do you think Absalom, when he showed up to, to dethrone his father, do you think he just wanted to, to put his dad in a nursing home and get him out of the way so that he could do a better job? Do you think that's what he wanted to do? Or do you think that there were real consequences at stake? It was life or death in all those situations. When an enemy comes, an enemy doesn't come to do what you don't care about and to take what you don't care about. The thief doesn't break in and steal what you don't want. Amen? He comes in and he takes what's valuable to you. He violates your space. He tries to change you from the experience. He tries to destroy you, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why the thief comes. That's why the enemy comes. And we have to, in that moment, either choose to be changed by the experience or choose to say, I will extol the Lord. I will. I will. I will bless thee every day. We have to determine within ourselves. David's determination was something that was informed by his experiences. Because over and over again, when the lion came, when the bear came, when the giant came, when David had to run for his life because the king just threw a spear at his head, right? When everything, when everyone turned their back on him, when he lived for seven years in caves with a bunch of discontented, broke people, when he lived among the Philistines, when they burned his city to the ground and took his family away, all these things that happened to him. When Absalom came and rose up and tried to overthrow him. All these battles, all these things informed David. And at the end of his life, when he's writing down his final psalm, he doesn't write about all the pain. He doesn't start by saying, man, I've been through it. Have you ever asked somebody how they're doing and then they tell you how they're doing? And you regret having asked how they were doing. It's like, man, I was just trying to be polite. I'm sorry. I don't have big enough shoulders for me and you at this point, okay? It happens sometimes. David could have done that. That's what people do. David could have said, woe is me. My life's been terrible. All these different things have happened to me. I failed so greatly with Bathsheba. He could have started that way. Remember that story? How that he, he, he sinned, he slept with another man's wife, had the man killed so that he could look, a, look like a benevolent king taking in the widow of a veteran, a fallen hero, because really he'd gotten her pregnant. That's like movie stuff. That's like soap opera stuff, right? David did that. David did that. All of these experiences informed David 
And when it came time to write the final song, instead of starting with all the mess and all the pain and all the heartache, his first words, I will extol thee. I will. A statement of determination. A statement of determination. After all the experience, I will. Those people left me. Those people hurt me. Those people tried to kill me, in his case. All these different things that people had done to him. And he says, I will extol thee, my God, O King. I will extol thee. This is the first thing I want you to see. Not only has he made a determination, but his determination is toward God. It's between him and God. It's not about circumstance. It's not, God, if you fix this, I will. Right? It's not, God, if you heal me, I will. God, if you provide, I will. That's not what it is. God, I will extol thee. I will not extol my circumstance. Extol means to raise up, to lift up. I will not lift up my circumstance. Most often what we do, we jump on Facebook and we lift up our circumstance. Or we text people, or we call people, or we talk to people. We tell them what's going on, and we exalt our circumstance. We extol our circumstance instead of extolling God. He says, I will extol thee. I will extol thee. If I'm going to do anything, I need to be lifting him up. Amen? If I'm going to lift anything up, it's got to be him. Because anything else that is lifted higher is a false god. Anything else that's lifted higher is going to come crashing down on top of our heads. Amen? I will extol. I will raise thee up. I will lift thee up. My God. My God. My God. O King. My God and my King. This is an all-encompassing statement here. Because God is the religious part of life. But King is over everyday life. Amen? In our society, we separate those things. We say that we have our, our Christian identity and then we have our political identity. Our Christian ideology and our political ideology. But David here is saying, you're my God and my king. You are my theological head and you're the head of my every day. You're in charge of where I'm going when I die, but you're in charge of how I live until I die. Amen. I will extol thee, my God, O king. My God, O king. He says, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. This is amazing. The verbiage that he uses here paints a picture of lifting up of God and a lowering down of David. Because the word blessed means to kneel. I will extol thee and I will bless your name. I will extol thee and I will bless your name forever and ever. So as he goes up, I go down. Amen? As he goes higher, I go lower. Because the higher he goes, the more magnificent he is, the more majestic he is, the more I understand who he is, and the more I say, I am nothing and nobody. And that's what David did. Not out of self-loathing. Understand, David's not humbling himself because he thinks he's garbage. David is humbling himself because he sees how great his God is. God is so big and so high. And so magnificent and so powerful that when I extol him, all I can do is get down on my face to do it. All I can do is put my knees on the ground and lift him up. And he says, I will bless your name forever 
and ever. That word forever means to the vanishing point. To the vanishing point. Did you guys have art in school? And you talked about the horizon line and the vanishing point. And you did the angle things, the drawings and all that. The vanishing point, the point on the horizon where everything disappears. David's saying, as far as I can see, as far as I can go, I will bless your name. However many days it is, I will bless your name. However many years, whatever situation, whatever comes to the vanishing point, God, till I can't see anymore, I will bless your name forever and ever. He's saying to God, I will raise you, both my God and my king, and I will forever kneel under your authority. That's what he's saying in verse 1. Verse 2 says, every day will I bless thee. Every day will I bless thee. Man, every day, do we kneel to him and lift him up? Can I tell you that this is something you've got to do in the middle of a crazy season? Something you've got to do. Because the enemy's trying to weigh you down. The enemy's trying to bow you down and bow you over. That's what he's trying to do. It's much better to voluntarily go down than it is to be forced down. Amen? Amen? One day in the future, the whole world's going to be forced onto one knee, right? In that day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, right? Someday they're going to have to, but we get to, amen? We get to go down and, and bow our knee. We get to bow before him and lift him up every day. When the enemy's beating you down, go on and get on your knees. When the enemy's trying to weigh you out and bow you over, go on and get on your knees. Every day, he says, I will bless you. Every day, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. So not only is he under God's authority forever and ever, he will praise God forever and ever. Praise is the Hebrew word halal. Hebrew word halal, and it means to shine or to make a show or to boast. When we are praising God, we're shining about what God has done. Amen? He's the source of the light. We're just shining it. Okay? When we're praising God, we are making a show of what God has done. We are boasting of what God has done. Can you believe what the Lord has done in me? Can you believe? We don't just sing it because it's peppy. It is. It's peppy. It's, fun. it's an old song. I've been singing it since I was little. It's a peppy old song. That's great. But have you thought about it? Can you believe it? Can you believe what he's done in you? In you. Wow, man, not, I'll deal with me, you deal with you. Can you believe it? We sing, we praise, we, we shine, we make a show, we boast. Four times in these first two verses, David says, I will, I will, I will, I will. I will, church, we have to make a determination that no matter what comes, no matter what happens between here and here, no matter what happens outside, around us, at work, at home, at school, no matter what is going on, we must decide here and now, I will, I will, I will extol Him. I will kneel before Him. I will bless Him forever and ever. I will praise Him, but the report is bad, but I will. But the doctor said, but I will, amen? But, but what about this or that? But I will, I will praise I will lift him up. I could talk about the situation. I could talk about the devil. I could give in to what I feel or what I think. But instead, I will extol my God and my King. I will bless his name every day, forever and ever. 
I will. We have to decide that. We have to decide that. And, man, listen, I understand it is so easy in seasons like this. I say like this because ours has been ongoing for a while. It's, it's been one of those unending seasons. Amen? It's so easy to find yourself bowed over and bowed down. But then you also find something within you stirring up. Something within you that stirs up and says, I will. I will. I remember a few Sundays ago, I was over there, and I don't know, I was in the dumps that day. And I just told God, I said, God, no matter the outcome, no matter the outcome, I'm not going anywhere. It just came out of my mouth really before I thought about it. You ever had that happen? You're in God's presence, and you say something, and you hear it, and you're like, why would I say that? Where'd that come from? Oh, it's, that, it's those mysteries coming up out of you. Amen? It's those mysteries, that Holy Spirit in you that's speaking out of you because he's trying to do something. And if he can get you to say it, then you come in agreement with it. And if you're in agreement with it, then he can do it. Amen? And so that's what he does. He gets that thing to bubble up out of you, and it bubbles up out of you. And you're like, why did I say that? What did that mean? And it's because he's trying to lift you up. He's trying to build you up in your most holy faith. He's trying to reestablish that foundation under your feet because your enemy is trying to unsettle your feet. He's trying to make you shaky so that you'll fall and there'll be a mess. But God wants to shore that up in you. And what comes out of you is, I will. I will. God, I will stay. I will stick it out. I will survive. I will endure. I will see the goodness of God. I will walk before Him in the land of the living. I will. I will. I will. That's what comes up because God wants to do it because He will. He will. But He's got to get us agreeing with it. David says in verse 3, really from verse 3 on, David qualifies his statements in verses 1 and 2. He qualifies them. He recalls to himself and to the reader, he recalls the qualities of God that would uh, cause him to extol the Lord. Okay? Again, these kinds of things, these verses in particular, are going to be informed by his experience. All of the experience, all the battle, all the blood, sweat, and tears, all of the experience that he had, all the victory, all the loss, everything. And his decision is informed because over all of these things, verse 3, he says, great is the Lord. Over the course of it all, the ups and the downs, his family betrayed him. He lost children. All these things that happened, all the people that turned their backs on him, all the time he spent running, all the things that were destroyed in his life. And he says, great is the Lord. Great means in magnitude and extent. A good 21st century way would be to say scope and scale. Scope and scale. Scope and scale. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord, he says, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Has God ever been great in your life? Has he ever been big, big, tall and wide, big? Has he ever shown up in a big, big way? And you didn't know it at the time, but then afterward you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, God was there. He was there in his power. He was there in his authority. I didn't see it, but he was working anyway. And he was there. It says that his greatness is unsearchable. Unsearchable is a negative term in English. In English, unsearchable means you can't search it. It'd be like trying to find something on the internet that's not there. 
How frustrating would that be? That's not what he's saying. Unsearchable in the Hebrew actually means something that is known by investigating. His greatness is unsearchable. It means his greatness can be found out. You've just got to investigate it. Well, how do I investigate the greatness of God? Deuteronomy 4.7, God is in all the things that we call on him for. How do we investigate it? We invite him in. That's what David did. That's what David did. David invited God into the situation. Remember he told King Saul, a lion came to destroy my father's sheep, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, and I slew the lion. And a bear came, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. He invited him into the situation. I think you would too if you were facing down a lion or a bear. What about a giant? He invited the Lord in. He was about God's business, so God was about David's business. He showed up to a giant who was scoffing and mocking God's people, who was mocking God, who was making a show of them openly. And he says to to his brothers, he says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Who's going to deal with this uncircumcised Philistine? Who's going to deal with this guy running his mouth? And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he picked up some rocks and he whipped some rocks out and took, took a head off. He invited the Lord in. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. David found out the greatness of God by investigation. When Ziklag was burned and the Philistines, or I'm sorry, the Amalekites took all the people and all the stuff and everything out of the city and burned it. And what did David do? He went to the ashes and he got his, his ephod to pray. And he went to God and he said, God, shall I pursue? Shall I overtake and will I, will I recover all? And then he listened. And he waited. And he didn't move until God spoke. But God spoke. And God said, go, pursue and overtake and recover all. And he did. And he did. He invited God in. He found out that his greatness was unsearchable. He found out that I can get as much greatness as I can find. I can get as much greatness for my body, for my family, for my marriage, for my job. I can get as much of God's greatness as I look for. Amen? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and His greatness is unsearchable. He says in verse 4, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. That's one reason why God puts us together in a community called a church. That's one reason why God gives you kids, so that you can perpetuate the great works of God in your family, so you can tell them what he's done. That's why we're here together in church, so that people can see what God has done and hear what God has done in you, right? I've not faced alcoholism, but I, can, I know God can deal with it because of what he's done in Brother Dave, Dave Everhart, right? I know that because I've seen, I learned that here. I didn't learn that in my own life, I learned it here. Why? Because one generation declared unto this generation of his mighty works. Amen? All these different things that's happened over the years, all the things that we've seen and heard, we declare it to the next generation. We declare his mighty acts. He says, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. Majesty is a cool word in the Hebrew. Majesty means an imposing form and appearance. An imposing form and appearance. Listen, I'm a short guy. I don't know if you noticed. I don't have an imposing form and appearance. But when I was in school, I had friends that did. 
right? I didn't have to be the toughest. I had to have tough friends. I had people who had an imposing form around me. Even if they couldn't do much, if they looked like they could, it was effective. Here's the difference. The one that we serve, the one that we call Father, has an imposing form because he is imposing. Amen? Because there is not a thing in creation that outranks him. There's not a being seen or unseen, a name given in heaven and earth and under the earth that has as much authority or power as he has. We have him on our side. If he's for us, who can be against us? Amen? Amen? David said, he said, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, of thy imposing form and appearance, and of thy wondrous works. I will speak. I will. Listen, in the middle of your circumstance, you can talk about your circumstance, or you can talk about your God. Right? You can talk about how they hurt you, how they left you, how they failed you, how they did what they did, and you didn't think they'd ever do that. And some of that's natural. Don't, don't feel bad for that part. But if that's all you talk about, you're not going to win. Amen? If that's all you talk about, you're not going to advance. You're not going to move ahead anyway. You've got to instead talk about God's wondrous works. You have to instead constantly be talking about how good and powerful and amazing and present God is. You have to, or it's going to destroy you. Amen? Can anybody bear witness that sometimes what you did that got you through was saying things in faith? You didn't feel it. Amen? You didn't feel like he was big and tough, but you just knew it, and so you said it over and over and over and over, and eventually the big and tough God that you've been talking about showed up in a big and tough way. Amen? Over and over and over again. He's a healer, but I'm not healed yet, but he's a healer. Amen. He's good, but I don't, I don't feel like he's good, but he's good, and sure enough, he shows up in a good way. Amen. He's a provider. I don't have the provision yet, but he's a provider. He's a provider. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give. I'm going to be faithful, and sure enough, he provides. I will speak of thy wondrous works, the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. Verse 8. Verse 8 says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. I don't know if anybody's more qualified to say that than David. David, his experience is talking right there. If it's not talking anywhere else, which it is, but if it's not talking anywhere else, it's, it's talking right there. Think, think about the thing with Bathsheba. Think about the thing, the sin of adultery that he did, adultery and murder that he did that cost the life of the child that they conceived. And yet, with all of that that happened, he looks back upon it and he says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Full of compassion. But, but, but there was a consequence. But the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Remember what David said after that happened? He said, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. And God did. God did. And that's why David says these years later, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion because when I didn't deserve a clean heart and a right spirit, He gave them to me anyway. When I didn't deserve to be welcomed back in, He gave it to me anyway. anyway he brought me back in, gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger. 
and of great mercy. But you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've thought. You don't know what I've almost done. But you've got to consider what David had done. And yet he could still write these words. If God can be gracious toward a man like that, he can be gracious and merciful to you and to your generations. He can be. All that David did, and it never moved God off the throne. As horrible as that situation was, all that God issued was grace. And there was justice. There was consequence. But toward David, there was grace and compassion and mercy. David should have died, not the child. God was gracious. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are upon all his works, or over all his works. Over means upon. His tender mercies are upon all his works. That word tender mercies in the Hebrew, it actually means the womb. The womb. And it means the womb as it is forming and cherishing the fetus. That's what that word means. His tender mercies are upon all his works. The Bible also tells us that we are the works of his hands. Amen? We are the works of his hands. All the things that God is doing in our life, he's doing tenderly. He's forming us. He's shaping us. He's building us tenderly, even when we don't deserve tenderly. Amen? Even when we don't deserve tenderly. When we fail royally, his tender mercies are upon all his works. It says in verse 10, all thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak, verse 11, of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. The glorious majesty of his kingdom. Glory means weight. Weight, mass, space. And the majesty again means imposing form of his kingdom. We are here to declare to the sons of men the weight and imposing force of the kingdom of God. That's what we're here to do. That's what you're here to do. That's why God saved you. That's why God healed you. That's why he provided for you. Not so you can stick a finger in somebody's face, but so that you can declare to the darkness behind the people around you the imposing, powerful, weighty image of the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God is present. As Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand, arm's length, within reach. That's what we're here to proclaim. We have to decide, will we? Will we? This is, our, this is our thing. This is where we're at right now. The season's been rough. It's been rough. And it's not over. It's not over. It's going to be over someday. It's going, it's going to. It's not going to last forever. That's why it's called a season, because it changes. Amen? The season has been rough. Are we going to let the season change what we say, determine what we do, how we praise, whether or not we praise? Or are we going to make a determination within ourselves that I will? I will. Listen, you have to decide that. I could say all day long that we will. But if you don't agree, if you don't do it, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. What are you going to do in this season? I will choose to believe what I know over what I feel. I will choose to believe what I know over what the enemy is speaking into my mind. 
I will choose to praise the Lord even though I don't feel like praising the Lord. I will choose to be present in His house so that I can hear about His wondrous works from all the generations. I will. I will. But there's a promise with it that if I will, He will. He will. Back to verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him. To all that call upon Him in truth. I think there's a lot of times that believers go to the Lord and they don't speak truth to the Lord. I don't mean lying. What I mean is we speak what we know and feel, not what is true. Amen? You with me? What you know and feel is not always the truth. That's what you feel. That's what you've experienced, but it's not always it. It's not the whole picture. It's not everything. The Bible says that the truth we know makes us free. Therefore, if a lie has been sold to you as truth, you can regurgitate a lie as truth and it not be true. You with me? Look at our culture. Look at the lies that they regurgitate all day long, every day, all over the news, all over social media, all the lies that they're telling themselves and their kids. They're doing it all day long because they've accepted a lie to be true, but it's not true. Amen? Therefore, we need to know the truth, not human truth, the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's what he said. Jesus is the way and the truth. Therefore, if I know Jesus, I have access to the truth, and I can come to God. I can call upon him in truth. Absolute truth. Absolute truth. I feel and I think this or that, but I know the truth. The truth is that God is who He says He is. The truth is there is no one higher. The truth is there's no name in heaven or earth or under the earth that has more authority than His name. That is the truth, but I don't feel that. It's still the truth. It's still the truth. Will you choose to accept the truth? And know the truth? Will you call out to God in that truth? We must speak true things. We must speak the word of God to him. When we call out to him in truth, it enables him to come come near and to move. Verse 19 says, he will fulfill the desire of them. See, if I decide that I will, then he will take care of my desires. He will take care of them. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. That's awesome. He will also hear their cry. He will hear their cry when they determine to cry and to cry and to cry. And I don't mean boo-hoo. I mean to call out over and over and over again. I'm not going to stop praying the truth until the truth becomes real in my life. I'm not going to stop declaring the truth until the truth becomes evident in my body and in my mind and in my emotions. I'm not going to stop declaring the truth because I don't feel it. I'm going to declare the truth, and he will fulfill the desires. He will hear their cry, and he will save them. Well, but, 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 from, but it's so bad. It's so horrible. There's no way out. How in the world can this be fixed? I don't know that. But the truth does. He does. He knows. He knows. And if you bow out in the middle... You might be bowing out just before he's about to step in and save. You stop crying out 
you might be stopping right before he's about to move for you. And I know that feels like a carrot on a stick. I'm not trying to make it a carrot on a stick. I'm trying to say if you endure, those that endure until the end will be saved, the Bible says. Amen. You've got to endure until the end. He said that he will hear their cry and he will save them. Verse 20 says, the Lord preserves them, all them that love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. You know what that means? That means that justice is coming. Amen. You know when the disciples wanted to call fire down from heaven because the the people in that village rejected Jesus? He said, hey, chill out. You don't know what spirit you're of. That's not right. That's not the right way to do this. Okay? God's going to judge it all. He's going to get the vengeance. It's all going to be righteous and neat and tidy. It's going to be blameless before God. Okay? It's all going to be perfect. That means you and I don't have to worry about justice. Amen? That means you and I don't have to worry about that. But they deserve. But they did. But they should have gotten. But how come the wicked prosper? David said that. Doesn't it seem like the wicked prosper? Only here. Only here do the wicked prosper. On the other side, the wicked don't prosper. The meek inherit the earth on the other side. Amen? Amen? You with me? You understand what's at stake here? The Lord preserves all them that love him, but the wicked, he will destroy. He will destroy your adversary. That thing that has wrecked your family will get justice for what it's done. Amen? That thing that has tried to destroy your body, it will pay for it with its life. Amen? With its existence. It will pay. It's all going to be thrown in the lake of fire while you and I walk streets of gold. It's all going to be an everlasting punishment while we walk and behold and talk with our maker. Amen? But that's all going to be taken care of of because if we will now he will he will if I will he will if I will he will verse 21 says my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever my mouth will speak I will I could speak something else but I will praise the Lord I could lift up my problem, but I will instead lift him up. I could bow my knee to anything and everything, ideologies, politics, money, circumstance, but I will only bow my knee to him as I lift up his name. I will praise him forever and ever. I will. Well, what if the waves get bigger? What if the wind gets more adverse? What if the enemy gets more personal? Listen, I don't know if he can get much more personal. <laughs> I don't know if you found this out or not. He, he, he's, he's kind of a dirty fighter, right? He's a dirty fighter. He doesn't fight fair. He doesn't care if you're a little kid. He doesn't care if you're an old person, right? He doesn't care if you're weak, short, tall, strong. doesn't matter. He doesn't care. If he can take you out, he'll try to take you out. But he can't. Amen? He can't. If he could, he would have by now. Amen? If he could, he would have by now. So instead, I will bless the Lord. I will extol his name. My God and my King. I will praise his name forever. I will. I will. But, but the battle's getting more intense. I will. And listen, David said all that without any Holy Ghost. 
Amen? Hey, we're Pentecostal. We love the Holy Ghost shouting us all over the place, but we don't love the Holy Ghost leading us through adversity, telling us to keep our mouth shut. We like to speak in tongues, not hold our tongue. Ooh. Sorry. I went there. I went there. I went there. (laughs) I know it's catchy and quippy, but it's true. It's true, isn't it? We'd, like, we'd love to speak in tongues, speak the mysteries of the kingdom and, and, and all that mystified stuff. And then we can't, say, we can't say nice things to people at Walmart sometimes. Oh, man. Let's get past all that junk. Amen. Let's, let's choose today. Stay with me tonight. I'm done. I've been done for a couple minutes. I just got on a tangent there. I will bless the Lord. I will extol his name, even when I don't feel like it. And listen, there are plenty of times in this journey where it's like you're running through sand, where you're trudging uphill both ways, amen, where you're doing everything you can to get any word out, much less a word of praise. I'm not, I'm not at all preaching at you. In fact, I'm really preaching that myself more than anything because it's much easier to get bogged down in the circumstance and the senses and the feeling, the hurt, and, and all that stuff. But we have to allow what is in us to override what's trying to get into us. Amen? What's in you, the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, Oh, church, it's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that hovered on the face of the waters when there was nothing but darkness and death. And yet at the word of God, it sprang into action. And its power made the world and the universe. That Holy Spirit is in us, and it wasn't even in David. It would come upon David and leave. But it comes up out of us like a fountain. Oh, church, if we would let that fountain flow, come on, if we would let that fountain flow, we wouldn't have any problem saying, I will. I will bless the Lord. I will stand in the face of this thing, and I will not be moved. I will not be moved. Amen? I could be. I ought to be, but I will not. I will not. Because God is good and strong and imposing, and He is for me. And I will extol His name. I will. Oh, devil, you're not going to shut me up. Devil, you're not going to hurt my feelings that bad. You're not going to disappoint me that much. I'm not looking to people. They didn't author it. They won't finish it. Only He will. Only He will. Let's come to the front tonight. And let's make a declaration. Let's make a declaration. Come on. That I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord every day. At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Any high thing must come down. Any high thing must come down. Let everything else be a lie and let God be true. 
Amen. Lift your hands up. Make a declaration in your season. Tell the enemy. Tell the situation. Say to it, you're not changing me. You're not changing me. You're not going to make me different than what God's called me to be. I will not go where you want me to go. I will bless the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will lift up to Him a song. Hallelujah. A new song about His goodness and His faithfulness. Holy Spirit, come in this place. Holy Spirit, come in this place. I will. I will bless the Lord. Come on. Let's sing it. Let's declare it forever. 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 No matter what comes. No matter what comes. I will. I will. I will. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Ghost. Move. Move in this place. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.